Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Sound Prince for the week of October 2, 2016. Cool fall temperatures have definitely come to the bluegrass, and we send a big thanks out to Peggy Peak for all those beautiful handmade sweaters she donated to the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Bargain Table when she recently moved to East Texas from Louisville. Most of the sweaters have found new homes, and thanks also, Peggy, for the Braille Tripoli game. We're putting it to good use after dinner at our roundabouts. ACB President Kim Charlson is on page two this week explaining the great news we received Friday, September 30 concerning the United Nations Marrakesh Treaty and how it will help blind people in many countries obtain more books in accessible formats. The ACB Radio Holiday Auction is great fun and it's time to start planning for that big event. Brian Charlson and I are once again working together on the auction, and Brian joins us on page 3 to get you into the holiday bidding spirit. And on page 4 is the Sound Prince calendar. Page 2 I'm speaking with Kim Charlson, President of the American Council of the Blind, and Kim is going to be chatting with us about a great announcement that came out on Friday, uh, September 30, I guess, Kim, uh, about the Marrakesh Treaty actually becoming official. So let's talk about that. We, we've discussed Marrakesh quite a bit in the past, so we have some good news now. Well, exactly. It's, um, you know, there's, there's hopefully still more good news to come, but it's worth celebrating the fact that the treaty went into force on September 30th, and what that means is that um, when 20 nations ratified the Marrakesh Treaty, then 90 days following that, the um, the treaty would go into force. Mm-hmm. So, and I that think we're made at 22. Effective, mm-hmm. basically, the effective date the treaty became operational. Right, so. and we're at 22 nations that have ratified it now. Yeah, we are, and in a second, I will tell you what those countries are. I was just Mm -hmm. looking it up, because you'd think I'd have it memorized, considering I talk about this a lot (laughs) in my work. I know. Perkins Library. Oh, yes. And my work with ACB, but it's, uh, (laughs) so. And unfortunately, the United States has not ratified it yet. Well, that's right. We are still um, working with the Senate. Foreign Relations Committee, because they're the entity in the Senate that passes treaties. Mm -hmm. And there's a little bit of disagreement right now between the American Association of Publishers and the uh, library lobby, Mm -hmm. and the blindness groups are trying to bring the two sides together and compromise, and Mm -hmm. we've... um, ask for assistance from the person who led the U.S. delegation um, in 2013 when Marrakesh was signed and ratified in as a diplomatic instrument in Marrakesh, Morocco, hence the name, mm-hmm. and that is Justin Hughes. Mm-hmm. He's well-respected. He's an academic now. He was the head of the U.S. Um, copyright um, team back then. Now he's a, um, a professor. So um, everyone respects him, and hopefully 
um, we can we can make some progress. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, because of um, this last minute area of disagreement in the area of record keeping and fair use, the um, we missed the fall um, session of the Senate because now that we're into October, the um, the Congress has recessed because uh, you may have heard that there's a fairly significant election coming up. Yes, yes. <laughs> so um, Congress is now home, and they are um, going to be in recess until about the 15th of November. Okay. Hence, they come back for about four weeks, mm-hmm. and they call that the lame duck Congress, but they can still pass treaties. Mm-hmm. So we have a little more time, hopefully, to work something out and get this on the docket um, for that four-week period. If not, then we have to start all over again um, with a new administration. And a new Congress. And a new process and a new Congress. Right. And um, I don't know, you know when we might anticipate seeing it. So, What is, what is the, the disagreement? I mean, I can understand why... <laughs> Why there would be concerns, um, we're talking, this treaty talks about making books available across borders, um, accessible reading materials across borders, and helping people in different countries be able to take advantage of the materials that are produced in other countries in their, in whatever language they speak. So um, I'm sure that there are some issues that that publishers and authors, and so I might might have over over this. But uh, can you can, can you talk about um, maybe some of the differences between the two sides at this point? Like well, I can tell you, um, I don't particularly agree with it. But the certainly um, the primary objection is coming from the library community. Um, And they are objecting to requirements that are currently in the the ratification package with the Senate Foreign Relations Committee that have requirements relating to record-keeping of activities as authorized entities. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't personally happen to disagree, and I'm a librarian, and I've read the treaty language, and I don't think that there's excessive requirements for record keeping because I've always thought that one thing libraries tended to do was keep records. You know, they keep mm-hmm. records on their books, who has it, who checked it out on what date, when they returned it, if they didn't return it, it's overdue. I mean, librarians keep records. That's what the kind of things they do. <laughs> That's but, part of the job. But, but the, some of the worry yeah. is that that they library the academic library community believes that there's too too much required in the record keeping area. So there's mm-hmm. been some requirements and some negotiations to make sure we talk this through that what's a reasonable record keeping and what's not excessive. So so that kind of thing is up to the individual country how they're going to keep the records. Yes. It okay. Is. I mean there's a there's a, a treaty document and the, the diplomatic instrument mm-hmm. that was written back in 2013, and that went through years of similar types of negotiation. 
Okay. So you'd think that maybe they would have worked those things out way back when, but um, politics being politics, there's always things that pop up, and so that's what we're kind of dealing with right now. But the, but the, the goal of Marrakesh, as you said, Carla, is really all about making books accessible to the 285 million blind people around the world who don't have access to accessible format materials. We are hugely um, lucky to be in the nation that has the world's largest accessible library program, the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped, and Bookshare. Um, Bookshare has over 450,000 um, Braille files and digital audio files. So there's just so much available in the U.S. And, you know, we, we are hopeful that we'll be able to help other countries, but we're also very certain that we will benefit immensely from the collections of other countries, uh, particularly foreign language collections that we don't have a lot of. If we needed books in French or Portuguese, or we have quite a few Spanish books, but um, Arab or Chinese, just other languages. There is just so much demand for materials in accessible format for our borrowers who speak other languages. So that's one area where Marrakesh is, is really going to make a difference so mm -hmm. that we can um, share and gain access to, to those materials. So before I forget, I want to tell you the countries yes, that please. have ratified Marrakesh. As of the 7th of September, okay. we have Argentina, Australia, Brazil, Canada, which was the 20th nation that kicked the treaty into force, um, Chile, the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, which is North Korea, El Salvador, Ecuador, Guatemala, India, Israel, Mali, Mexico, Mongolia, Paraguay, Peru, the Republic of Korea, South Korea, Singapore, Saint Vincent in the Caribbean, and the oh, Saint Vincent and the Grenadines mm -hmm. is the official name of the the island country, and Tunisia, the United Arab Emirates, and Uruguay. So those are the 22 countries that have ratified the treaty, and on Friday, which was the day this went into force, there was the first transaction between the CNIB library, which is in Canada, and Vision Australia. And they transferred a book um, without having to seek publisher's permission, which was part of the very challenging process. If you were going to borrow a book, you had to get publisher's permission before you could borrow it. So. Mm -hmm. Um, the reason we say it's very difficult to, to share books across borders was the the amount of work involved to get a publisher to say, oh, yes, you can do that, because 
they don't really care. So right. it's just not a high priority thing for them to give you permission to share a book. And sometimes it can take up to a year to get permission. So that's really been the the hindrance. And and now that the Marrakesh, those who have have um, ratified Marrakesh, they can borrow a book almost instantaneously between other member nations, and it really is going to make a difference. It's estimated that it costs approximately $2,000 U.S. to create an accessible format book. Now, that's mm-hmm. an audio book. Okay. I would say a Braille book could easily, depending on how long, be two to three times that much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some textbooks even can run up into the tens of thousands of dollars. Because oh, I'm sure. The complexity of transcription and those kind of things. So mm-hmm. so being able to to borrow a book, if it exists somewhere else, is saving resources that can go toward production of other books that don't exist currently in accessible format. Not to speak of the difference in time. Well, exactly, because if, you, if you've ever waited for a talking book that you were just dying to listen to, and it, sometimes <laughs> it can take six to nine months yes. before it's available. I mean, most of the time we try to do it quickly, but... Um, you know, it's it it can be challenging, and there's things that get in the way and priorities. And um, at the Perkins Library, we have about 75 volunteer narrators, and we record books for our collection. And sometimes, you know, sometimes somebody will get sick, and they'll be they'll be out for two or three months, and so that that can add. You don't want somebody coming in sounding like a frog. You know, narrating your talking book when they're right. what happened to their voice? My goodness, you know. So sometimes we have to wait until they're all better, and it can be actually months before their voice comes back, and they can get back to uh, narrating their story. Kim, what if this is not exactly on Marrakesh, but um, what if that person doesn't be able to get? They're not able to get back to yeah. recording that book. Do you then, because we we don't have books that are recorded, um, at least we don't usually hear books anymore, right. uh, where one person records the first part, another person records another part. Used to have that happening with some uh, recording for the blind books many right. years ago. So what would you do in that case? Do you have to start over? Um, we do start over, yes. And we have had to start over on some books. Somebody moved away and they didn't have time to finish. So um, we do start over, unfortunately. We only have one um, example I know of in the Perkins Library collection, and it was a special case. Uh, we had a narrator who was very well known as the broadcaster for the Red Sox um, in in the park. He was the in-park announcer, mm-hmm. and he narrated talking books for our library, and he was killed in a car accident halfway through a book, Ooh. and we brought in the other broadcaster from the park the radio broadcaster, and he did it as a memorial tribute mm-hmm. to Carl Bean. And um, and we made that clear, you know, when we transitioned between narrators that the book was being finished by Joe Castiglione as a, as a memorial tribute to um, Carl Bean. So mm-hmm. that that book is not on Bard because it doesn't meet the standards because it it uh, has two narrators, and that's really not, not really acceptable, ex- except maybe in a situation where they're 
there really was, you know, there's been some poetry collections and things like that that have a, a male contributor and a female contributor, and in those cases, you might opt to have two narrators. There are some circumstances, but mm-hmm. really our, our protocol is one voice for the entire book. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so if the United States could, if we could get this passed, this would immediately, it would seem to me, open up many, many, many additional books, especially out of Canada and Australia. Um, mm-hmm. It's 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 too bad there aren't any European countries in there that have that yeah. that's really heavy that's, on South America. South America really has been the leading continent in in all of Marrakesh because as you could tell, there are almost every Latin American and South American country right. have, has signed um, onto the treaty, mm-hmm. and um, Europe. Remember, they have the EU in Europe, so right. they're all talking about Marrakesh. As a block, oh. they're not. They're not looking at it um, as individual individually. Countries. They're mm-hmm. looking at it as a block, and mm-hmm. there's been some challenges there as well. So, mm-hmm. um, currently, there's a little bit of progress. They've worked on some draft regulations to implement it, um, but again, you've got the same constituencies there, publishers and libraries, that are um, disagreeing about how extensive the requirements are and. So if the U.S. can resolve the problem, I think that will go far toward um, alleviating some of the fears that the EU has about the treaty. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it is exciting that it is uh, at the point now where it is an official treaty. Um, I think that perhaps as time goes on as well, and it works well for the countries that have signed onto it, um, that that should be a good example set for some of the countries that have not. I, w- would you I think so? I hope so. Yes, mm-hmm. I do. I think that, you know, the the more treaties that will sign on, it will be a huge advantage for them and for the blind people who live in those countries to get access to materials that are pretty much limited in in most other countries. So this is mm-hmm. a this is a big step toward a more universal accessibility of information and reading materials for people around the world. And it also applies to um, several hundred thousand people who have print disabilities. I mm-hmm. mentioned 285 million blind or visually impaired, mm-hmm. um, and there are also people with print disabilities that will mm-hmm. qualify to borrow materials, just as they do here in the United States if someone mm-hmm. has dyslexia or if someone has a physical disability who can't hold a book or turn the pages of a book, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. those people also qualify to use Marrakesh. So it really opens up some possibilities for them as well. Now, as you read that list, I was kind of thinking to myself, okay, that's a Spanish, those are Spanish books from that country, you know, Paraguay. Mm-hmm. Um, Brazil would be Portuguese primarily. Um, I mean, that's our major language. Right, right. Um, you know, Mexico, Spanish. And then mm-hmm. you get down to the English countries, and you have Australia and Canada. But Canada would also have French books. Yes. So. They, they definitely would. That and, would greatly benefit. And India benefit. has yes. a lot of, they have a lot of English as well as um, Indian languages. And mm-hmm. um, and Singapore, too, mm-hmm. has some Asian languages, which, which we have a lot of need for. Yes. So it's... Uh, it, you know, it could be extremely beneficial for us to have to have access to these collections in in other parts of the world. Yes. So 
I'm really hopeful that um, that things will work out. We've been working quite hard, and you know, if we can just give it a, a, another couple months and something can happen, um, it will be very, very good news for the United States. So well, kind of keep your fingers crossed. Yes. And, hope that we can get through the election and really make this happen. So. It's like any other advocacy. Advocacy kind of kind of works like the Heinz ketchup. You know, <laughs> it, it's just slow. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can really move quickly, but most of the time an issue from the conception of the idea to the implementation and and working out all the details just seems to take forever. And and people get to the point that they say, oh, well, nothing is going to happen. That issue again. But, you know, if we're going to reach, if we're going to, to reach our goals, we just have to hang in there and exactly. and, and keep trying to take steps toward that goal and and it can often take many 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 years there are things that have happened with the cvaa passed in 2010 that kim i remember us talking about some of those things back in the 1990s you know early 90s now they weren't exactly the same because the technology wasn't the same, but it was the same concept. And look how many years some of that, look how long it's taken um, to get, even with the ADA being passed um, back in, you know, 1990. Um, my goodness, we still have issues with that, but that doesn't mean we don't continue advocating for That's those right. changes. That's right. It, it can take a long time. And we right. Can- we have to be persistent, and that's really often what what gets us the victories is that we were determined and we were persistent. Right. And finally, you know, victory comes. So, right. you know, right. keep your fingers crossed for the next eight weeks or so oh, with yes. Marrakesh, and hopefully we'll have good news closer to the end of the year. Find books and more in accessible media with APH's free-of-charge Louis database http colon slash slash l-o-u-i-s dot a-p-h dot org. Locate accessible educational materials from nearly 200 different agencies. APH products and textbooks can also be located using Louis. New extended searching now available with free Louis Plus. Visit soon. http colon slash slash l-o-u-i-s dot a-p-h dot org. Many book materials help Braille users jot notes quickly. Pull APH's mini-book Braille binder out of your pocket and begin to write on the mini-book slate in just seconds. Materials are sold separately so that you can choose the combination that's right for you. Call the American Printing House for the Blind, toll-free, 800-223-1839, or visit www.aph.org. Page three. On the phone with me is Brian Charlson, who wears so many hats and has done so many things on Sound Prints that it's hard to, to know which one we're going to talk about when Brian comes on. But this time, we're talking to Brian uh, about the holiday auction coming up. Welcome, Brian. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's so amazing to me how fast the years turn. I know. I, I don't know whether it's just my age or what, but <laughs> we have a beautiful fall-like day here mm-hmm. in uh, the Boston area. Yep. It 
The high today was 57, which just is an unbelievable number to me. But this is my favorite time of the year. Right. Uh, of course, New England is known for the fall, I know, and the winter, but the mm -hmm. fall with the turning of the leaves. So it's mm -hmm. about that time of year right now for us. It is. And here we are talking about the ACB Radio Holiday Auction coming up the first Sunday in December. And um, and people are probably saying, well, why are you talking about it now? It's over two months away. But we're talking about it now because we're collecting items and we want people to mark that on their calendars and um, and it's really great to be working with you again on the holiday auction this year we've had a great time doing the last two haven't we oh we've been doing so well for ACB you know it's one thing to uh, raise a bit of money once in a while with a fun event but here we get the benefit of both raising money and having a good time doing it, but also raising it for a good cause. Yes. Now, we have done so well for ACB these past few years. Each year we give ourselves a goal, and what have we been doing, Carla? We have been exceeding our exceeding goal. Exceeding those goals. Yes. You know, yes. anybody who's been involved in fundraising knows that's what we live for. And our goal this year is $15,000, which would be a new high for us. Last year we, we raised... Thirteen thousand four hundred and fifty some dollars, and that was a new record. And so we're hoping for fifteen thousand this year. And Brian, you know, with all the great stuff that's coming in, we just might get there. Exactly. Well, you know, I think over those years, I've been both a successful bidder on things. I'm down in my man cave right now, and I've got my <laughs> hand resting on a baseball bat mm -hmm. that I bought on an ACB. Uh, Holiday auction. That was a Red Sox bat. It was indeed. Yes. Let that go into the hands of the enemy. Oh, pardon me, <laughs> a different fan. No Yankee fan to get that, no right? No Yankee fans. No, in fact, my Red Sox are playing the Yankees as we speak here tonight. Oh, my uh, We've goodness. also clinched the Eastern Championship. So uh-huh. That's okay. The Yankees aren't even going to be in the playoffs this year. <laughs> so there's, there's, you know, the joy of being a bidder. And right. that is so much fun. Yes, um, yes. You know, when we we get a couple of bidding wars going on for this item or that item, mm -hmm. um, that certainly makes life entertaining. And I know you guys down in the studio down there in Louisville are you know really racking up the uh, bids and trying to make sure we do right by everybody who's hanging on the line, waiting for their chance to get in before the deadline. Michael McCarty and I are going to co-host again this year, and we have such a good time. Some people tell us, that, you know, that, oh, I, I just listened. I, I, I didn't want to miss a minute. And um, one of the items that we, we got for the first time a couple of years ago were uh, two, two boxes of whoopie pies from... Uh, the Philadelphia chapter, right? yes, yeah, right. and George Holiday, and Michael had such a good time with those whippy pies, and I've had people tell me even at the convention, well, you're going to do the auction again this year? Oh yes. Well, I hope you have those whippy pies. I love hearing y'all telling about those. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean it is it is is a party on the air. There's it no is about that. It is, and you know, Brian. People everywhere can listen. You don't have to. Uh, it's changed so much in the last three years on how you can listen. You know, that first year, you had to listen on your computer. Um, because I don't think we had the Audio Now service the first year that right. we worked on it. Um, 
or it might have been audio now might have just started i guess it did i mean it was not it was not in general use though. right right it was not in general use. and and then last year people were able to listen on acbradio.org and they could call up on their phones on audio now and listen that way and this year they'll be be able to listen um, not only those two ways but through the ACB link on the iPhone the ACB app and and it just seems like each year there's more ways for people to listen and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and our team is already in place um, we will be having the um, our, the same team will be answering the phone, Patty Cox and Paula Weiss, and Jim Finn is going to be producing for us again, and Michael and I are going to be on the air. And, you know, last year we discovered that um, we had a, Larry Turnbull had some medical issues that happened that day he was supposed to fly out to Louisville and couldn't come and so we were able to get the auction on the air through Michael McCarty's station that sometimes simulcasts with um, ACB radio the radio storm and they're going to do that again this year and that saves ACB money and Absolutely, yeah, it's wonderful as much of what we raise into ACB and not right. into the cost of the auction right. so, you know it's we love our guy Larry. He makes it happen for us. Oh, he? he has uh, to keep yeah. us on the air back there. You know, I mean, he monitors and, and keeps us on the air. We couldn't do it without him, um, you know, taking that feed and making sure it goes to all the channels and things like that. And uh, so every piece is in place. And, of course, iHeartRadio Heart is great for letting us use the studio. And it just really works well. Um, Again, I, this is one of those activities that had, you know, the fact of the matter is, we've been working on this for a while already, mm -hmm. and if we didn't put all that upfront time into it, right. whew, it would be a tough day. I know. Uh, and it's got enough going on in that short period of time anyway. How mm -hmm. many hours is the auction open for? Well, it's supposed to be from 7 Eastern to 11 Eastern, 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern. That'd be 4 p.m. Pacific to 8 p.m. Last year, we didn't get off the air until 1 a.m. Eastern because we stayed on until every item was auctioned. We did not drop any of the items. And we had 67, I think, last year that we that we auctioned off. Now, and, what's our intent this year? Well, as far as our numbers? I say intent. Yes. Because, you know, <laughs> we go with the flow to some degree. We certainly do. Um, we, we say that as, as um, we want 60 items um, for the auction. If more items come in, we can actually take, because of a little change in format we made last year, we could actually take up to about 75. Um, now you say, well, you went that much longer with 67 last year. How could you do that? But as we went along last year, we discovered some little ways that we could speed up that bidding and still have everybody participating, not pushing too much, and knowing, you know, learning from the experience last year, 
we'll be able to push more items at the beginning. The beginning of the auction has traditionally, the last four years, been very slow for various reasons. And um, with all the things that we've learned in the last four years, we feel that this year, if we can hit that ground running and at 7 p.m., you know, everybody better be listening out there at 7 because it's not going to start off slowly this year. It's going to really start and move. And um, that first half hour that typically has been kind of slow is going to be really accelerated. So we think so we could there, handle up to 75. when the thing opens yes. because you don't want to be the person who tunes in only to find out the item you were planning on bidding on is already there and gone again. Right. It, it's going to move faster yes. early on in the process yes. so we can get all those items in. Now, are, are we still soliciting items for the auction? Yes. Um, there are still some spaces. Uh, we have about 45 items right now as we speak that are pretty much committed. Um, but we have some spaces. There are a couple of affiliates that donated things last year that we still haven't heard from. We're going to be contacting them um, to see if they want to participate. If if you are an individual, a business, or an affiliate out there or chapter who would like to participate in the auction by donating an item, we would love to hear from you because um, you'd be surprised what what really goes in the auction. I mean, things, Brian, things from jewelry to food is always a big thing. We could have a food auction, and it would be amazing. Um, but technology, techie items, the mini mall is going to be donating a, um, a, a really nice, we have a new computer bag, brand new computer bag that nobody has seen. It's a beautiful bag, and inside is going to be um, a, our large power bank that we sold at the convention and sold out of in a day and a half. We're going, we have a new stock of those, and we're going to put one of those large power banks in our um, computer bag. So we can use some other techie items. Uh, we have a nice um, Bluetooth headset. Uh, donated so far, and we could we could use some more. We have items for the for your dog, for your guide dog. We have several of those. Um, we have some wonderful food. I'm, your cookies are back by popular demand. My cookies are there, and your and maple just, fudge. Two days ago, two three days ago, my family and I went up north mm -hmm. to have breakfast with friends. Okay, at a place that was a maple barn. So I brought back with me a half gallon of genuine Vermont maple syrup uh -oh. to make my maple fudge with. Wow. Oh, that's going to be so be good. Sure, be sure to fit yeah. on that. Make, make right. me feel good. Absolutely. <laughs> we oh, don't have to fudge. worry about that, Brian. That's always an extremely popular item, and you put in two batches. There we go. Yes, and it's, it's just great. Um, we have... Um, Connie Giacomini has donated a number of items again. She sent an OptiGrill, and that was hugely popular last year, and it's, we already have it in Minnesota. Um, there's a, so many things, um, but there, there are a number of other things that we could, we could use. Marjorie Beeman is sending a quilt. She has sent a quilt for every one of our holiday auctions for the past four. 
but she's sending something else new this year, and that is two batches of, get this, Brian, strawberry nut bread. Can you imagine? Yeah, I've, I've cleared out a part of my freezer because I know I'm going to have uh, bought a few of these things online. <laughs> I just have no willpower when it comes to bidding for that kind of thing. I know. And there's so many other things that um, that are coming in. The jewelry items. Um, the Kentucky Council of the Blind always donates um, three or four jewelry items. And I had a great time going shopping for those last week. And so there, I'll tell you, they are, there are some great, um, great items that the jewelry lover, lovers are going to really enjoy. We're going to have our bourbon balls in there again. We're hoping for a number of other kind of unusual things. Carrie Bishop is going to be donating some different muffins this year that we haven't had before. Two different kinds. And uh, uh, so there's just 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 all kinds of great items that have come in. There will be a convention package that will help you get a start on their planning for the Reno convention in 2017. Just, just many other things that I think people are going to enjoy. And how do they find out what's going to be there? Well, we will have our auction pages coming, our preview pages coming up in a few weeks on the ACB website, and people will be able to see everything that is there. Now, everything won't be there all at one time because we will post items as they come in. And so, for example, Brian, your maple fudge will probably be one of the first things that goes up there because we know that's coming. And, you know, we have that information from last year. As new items come in, we create the 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 descriptions, and um, Lori Sarf in the Minneapolis office gets the the pictures together. She um, she works on coming up with the images, and then they get posted. And so things may now if you go up there and there's 15 items there. Well, just check back in a few days because there'll be more. So that's going to begin happening probably mid-October to a little after that. So it's Now, if they go to the website mm -hmm. and they see an item is listed as number 14, uh -huh. does that necessarily mean it's going to be the 14th thing up on the auction? Wait, that's a great question. When things come up on the preview page, uh, they may not be displayed in the order in which they will be bid. But the week before the auction, we post a list of the items in bid order. They're all numbered, and they um, and, and that is the order that they will appear uh, on the air. So, um, you know, we 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 don't want to hold items up or in posting or have to to worry about if that's going to be the exact bid order when we post them for people just to review. Right. So so go look once a week or so to see mm -hmm. what's new up there, right. but also make a real plan to get that list the week before the auction so that you can see where the items you intend to bid on are likely to fall. First thing in the in the auction, middle time or toward the end. Exactly. And, and make sure you're there in plenty of time because you don't want to be tuning in 
just after the item you were hoping to bid on comes up on yes the and, and and you know even though you know that something may be item number 22 um, you don't know exactly when 22 is going to come up uh, as far as timing because we might run through the first five items you know a, a little quicker than you anticipate the next six may take longer I mean you just don't know it's impossible to really say what time a certain item is going to come up so That's right and we, yeah we make a real effort when we put these together that we don't bunch up all the food items at one time oh, right. and all the tech items at a different time right. we spread it out we literally go in and say okay we're going to classify this as a food item mm -hmm. and we've got x number of food items so we'll mm -hmm. sprinkle them every fourth item will be a food item or Correct. something like that we really try to make it so that you don't listen to item after item that you might not be interested in. Right. Just and that's why we don't... Items, you'll hear something. Correct. And that's why we don't have that bid order out until uh, a week before, because we want to, once we know that what all, all of the items that are there, then we can really create a nice order that will make sure that you know, no matter what kinds of things you're interested in, that there will be something coming up that, that you you know, that you might be interested in. We want, to, we want obviously, to keep listeners as long as possible uh, in that whole auction and keep it interesting for people. Now, we don't hold off the, the grand item for, you know, 1 o'clock in the morning. Exactly. Yeah, it, mm -hmm. it, it'll be appropriately spaced so people don't have to, you know, stay up way past uh, their bedtime mm -hmm. in order to do that one item. That's how right. Do we, how do we deal with multiples, Carla? You know, I'm doing two batches of cookies and two batches of fudge. Okay. How do we deal with, with now, multiples? Because I'm not the only one doing multiples. Correct. Yes. Um, Patty Cox does her holiday cookie balls. Um, there are two batches of, two bunches of whoopie pies. There will be two strawberry nut um, breads. I mean, several things like that. And we do not... We don't say, okay, then this person bid this now, the second bidder, or who's willing to pay this, you know, and, and do those both at the same time. Your cookies, right. your batches of cookies. The first one will come up early. It always does. It's a real good draw to get people listening early. I think last year that was item number three. But then it will appear on down after the middle of the auction, the second batch comes, um, you know, maybe in the 40s, maybe early 50s, so that if a person is away from home, let's say, and they can't hear item number three, they have a chance on item number 51 or 42. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why we don't bunch those up. Yeah, because we have ACB members who live in all time zones. That's right. And uh, some people are going to, simply because where they live, tune in a little later. That's right. And others are going to be able to hang out a little bit longer. That's right. As a result of the same thing. So and you we, want everyone to have a, an opportunity. Exactly. Yeah, for the kind yeah, of we things. We really want this auction to be something that everybody can take part in, right. whether they contribute or, or bid, whether yes. they uh, do a little bit of both, mm -hmm. all of those things. And we want to make sure that by, by no means are we playing favorites uh, one part of the country versus another. Oh, absolutely. One type of item versus, right. versus another. Right, right. So, Brian, we're, again, we're coming up when? It's Sunday. Uh, well, first of all, the first deadline coming up yep. is October 31 to get items, other than food items, to get donated items to our Minneapolis office. Um, that 
is very important because we need to sometimes take pictures of those items, get them organized, and get them onto those preview pages before the 15th of November. So items are already arriving in Minneapolis. It's very important that your affiliate or, or business or individual that you notify us even before the items are on the way so that we know how to plan. Sometimes we can go to a website and pull down a description of what you tell us is coming and we're ready for it. Um, we also know how close we are to whether we're really at a maximum on our bids and on our uh, items. And typically, Brian, October, the items just pour in. So um, we would we would very much appreciate hearing from your affiliate if you intend to send us an item. Then the, the next thing is, of course, to look at the website during November to be sure you check out the preview pages to look at the auction bidding rules and the list, the way it's going to come up in bid order the week before the auction. And then on Sunday, December 4, will be the the big day and remember to tune in acbradio.org or call um, the ACB radio phone number which call anytime and listen to the great programming there that number is 605-475-8130 and we will be broadcasting on the first five channels one through five um, ACB radio uh, channels for that auction. It will be simulcast on all five of those channels. So, um, And then afterwards, there's always questions about what happens after I bid. If I win an item, what happens? Well, the next day between Monday and Wednesday of the uh, week following the auction, which this year would be December 5 through 7, um, the Minnesota office then calls everyone to get their credit card information, to make sure the payment is done, and then to arrange for the shipping. And um, uh, the items that are things, like quilts, um, tech items, uh, regal movie passes, all those kinds of things are shipped to the winner from the Minnesota office. If it's a food item, like your cookies, then they contact you, they tell you who won those that item, and then you send the cookies on to the winner. So exactly. it's it's exactly. we've gotten it down to a process where um, we hope all items are on their way to the winners by the end of that week. Yeah, I, I think, you know, experience shows in doing these things. Uh, it's a good thing, you know, to some degree, politics, sausage, and running an auction. You don't want to know what's going on in the background. Okay? Yes. <laughs> it sounds so much nicer on air <laughs> than yes. the scrambling is in between. But yes. it is such a fun experience. I know yes. all of those who participate on either side of the microphone in any of the capacities, yeah. really, while it's a lot of work, look yes. forward to participating. And I hope your listeners here today We'll plan on being participants in ACB's 2016 Holiday Auction. Again, Sunday, December the... Fourth? 
There you go. And uh, again, for our West Coast friends, that begins at 4. four. Mm-hmm. And our East Coast, that begins at 7. Yes. So tune in, enjoy, and if you get a chance, see about your affiliate making a contribution of something that may shout out your state or your special interest affiliate. Right. I know mine here, the Bay State Council of Lines, rather than donating an item, although we certainly have done that with uh, legal seafood things in the oh, past. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. We donate direct cash to the auction mm-hmm. to underwrite some of those expenses. Right. Um, and we'll be doing that again this year. That's so great. think about how your affiliate might be able to help out in this process. Mm-hmm. You know, we definitely give credit oh, yes. throughout the process. The donor's name is up on that web page. Yes, it the is. The donor affiliate is mentioned on the air. As, uh, in the individual during the course of the auction. And then so, we do thank yous in the Braille Forum. Absolutely. And so, we list all donors there each donor and we also list the winners there you go there so so many ways to take part many ways to help benefit acb and its good works and to show that uh, we the members and friends of acb are there and can have a good time together yep well thank you brian it's been so much fun appreciate you being on here and looking forward to working with you through this entire auction process there you go. And now I better get to baking and making that. <laughs> That's right. Okay. <laughs> Thank we'll you. Talk to you later now. Okay. Page four, the Sound Prince calendar. On October 6th, the third annual Eye Opening Symposium will be held from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Fayette County Extension Office, 1140 Red Mile Place in Lexington, Kentucky. Call the Bluegrass Council at 859-259-1834 for information. On October 6, the Kentucky School for the Blind Charitable Foundation will hold its annual charity golf scramble, and it will be at Covered Bridge Golf Club. For information, call 502-897-3990. On October 6, the American Council of Blind Lions will hold their next monthly conference call at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific. The dial-in number is 712-432-3900 and the code is 796096. On October 7, at the GLCB Roundabout, there will be Braille and iPhone support from 3.30 to 5, discussion from 5 to 6, dinner 6 to 7, $5 per person, and music, games, and loom knitting from 7 until 10, all at the United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. Call 895-4598 to register. On October 8, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Board will meet at 11 a.m. by conference call 605-475-6006, intercode 294444. Also on October 8, KCB's Next Generation Chapter will hold its in-person meeting and elections at 5 p.m. at Aspen Creek Grill, 302 Bullet Lane in Louisville. Contact Amanda Selm at 502-750-1774 for information. On October 9, ACB Families has a nationwide call, invites everyone to participate. We will learn about the latest gadgets and holiday items from Speak to Me. Denise Russell from Speak to Me will be our guest, and the phone call is at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, at 
432-3900, enter code 796096. On October 10, the Kentucky School for the Blind Advisory Board will meet at 11.30 a.m. at the school on Frankfurt Avenue in Louisville. For information, call 502-897-1583. On October 11, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, will hold its monthly meeting from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. Contact Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418 or Bill Roberts at 270-485-8170 for information. The Bill Roby Track and Field Games will take place on October 12 at the Kentucky School for the Blind. These games are for visually impaired children ages 13 and under. Contact the school at 502-897-1583 for information. On October 13, the National White Cane Day celebration will take place from 11.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. at 4th Street Live in downtown Louisville. Also on October 13, the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind invites you to participate in White Cane Safety Day in the Covington area. For more information, call Jerry Slusher at 859-781-7369. On October 14 will be another GLCB roundabout, and this time it will include bingo after dinner. Call 502-895-4598 to register. October 16 is the next meeting of the KSB Alumni Association Board of Directors at 8 p.m. by conference call at 605-475-6006. Enter code 294444. On October 17, the Kentucky Council of the Blind will hold its next board meeting, also at 8 p.m. on the same conference line. On October 19, the Charles W. McDowell Rehabilitation Center will host its fourth annual open house, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Product demonstrations, tours, information sharing, refreshments, and much more. At the Charles McDowell Center, 8412 Westport Road in Louisville. October 19 is the next Tri-State Library Users Conference Call. This month's presenter will be a talking book narrator. The phone number is 605-475-6006. The code is 294444 and the time is 8 p.m. Eastern Time. October 21 and 22 is the ACB Fall Board Meeting in Reno, Nevada. For more information, contact the ACB Virginia office at 202 202- 467-5081 or 800-424-8666. October 21 is a GLCB roundabout and October 22 is the Halloween mask making workshop at the American Printing House for the Blind Museum. Make scary or friendly masks from 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. The Printing House is at 1839 Frankfurt Avenue, and the number to call to sign up is 502-899-2213. On October 22, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, Savvy, will have its White Cane Day celebration from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Time at the Davies County Library, 2020 Frederica Street in Owensboro. Call Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418 for more details. On October 24, 
Guide Dog Users of Kentucky will have their next membership call at 7 p.m. by telephone. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. On October 26th, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will have a peer support group meeting from noon to 2 p.m. at their office in Lexington. Call Bluegrass Council at 859-259-1834. October 28th is the statewide Rehabilitation Council meeting from 9.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. at the Charles McDowell Center, 8412 Westport Road in Louisville. Contact Jennifer Wright at 502-564-4754. On October 28th will be the last GLCB roundabout of the month from 3.30 to 10 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, 502-895-4598 to sign up. November 4 and 5 is the 2016 Family Conference sponsored by the Kentucky School for the Blind and the Visually Impaired Preschool Services. It will be held on the campus of KSB in Louisville and you can sign up by calling 502-897-1583 extension 0204. This is for children and families throughout Kentucky. On November 11 and 12 is the Kentucky Council of the Blind 43rd State Conference and Convention. Workshops, programs, exhibits, food, and friends. Room reservations can be made by calling the Ramada Inn North at 1041 Zorn Avenue in Louisville, 502-897-5101. Room rates are $80 per night. Registration materials will be mailed soon. And on December 3 is the GLCB Christmas Party. And on December 4 is the ACB Radio Holiday Auction. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.